Okay, well, today, I, I, one of the things I love about the beginning of the year, it's an opportunity for looking back over a previous year and looking ahead. And that's exactly what we're going to do in this next little bit of time together. We're going to spend a few minutes just looking back over 2018, but then looking ahead into 2019 and beyond. And last year, this time last year, we stood and I set out the vision for 2018, and our key verse for the year was Micah 6, 8. You might remember, big hint on the screen behind me there. We were looking at the three chunks, do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. We were looking at ways that we could demonstrate justice, bring justice, so tackling injustice, but also being proactive in doing justice. We were looking at how we can love kindness and grabbing opportunities to be kind wherever we went, changing the atmosphere, and all of it because we wanted to walk humbly before our God. And I was thinking back over God's goodness to us as a church, and there were so many things, kind of looking back over the, uh, the diary of events that we did as a church, but also just the ongoing th- things that God was doing amongst us. And there were so many. Uh, and maybe we'll use some of the time in this prayer week to, to list some of the things together and celebrate because it's so important to remind ourselves. In all the busyness, life can, can pull us down. There's all sorts of stuff that, that knocks us. But it's so important to stop and think, well, what has God done? Because God is always faithful. You know, the food bank is now well established in the community, blessing hundreds, literally hundreds of people who are in poverty. You know, we celebrated a year of doing that in October. And the generosity, not just from within this church, but other churches and people who don't even know Jesus, are pouring out their blessings on others. You know, the impact of the night shelter last winter and again this winter, reaching out to people in desperate situations, being able to demonstrate love and kindness in those ways. The way that KCC Little Ones has grown massively again. We, we, saw, we thought, you know, there was a big chunk of children that went off to school in July, and we thought September we're going to be really low on numbers. No, we've had the busiest term ever. We're getting to the point where we, we, we don't know where to go because it's got so big. It's fantastic. There's life there. The Holiday Club, we did that again in the summer, seeing many, many children, families, that aren't churchgoers coming and, and, and having fun, but learning about Jesus being their superhero. Alpha course. In fact, two alpha courses last year. And the fruit from that, seeing people come to know Jesus, seeing their, their questions being answered. You know, other events throughout the year, the barn dance, which has now kind of become an annual feature, will be coming again this year. We haven't announced it, but it will be coming again in March. The February social. Last year, we had our Chinese theme. Who knows what the theme's going to be in a few weeks' time? You'll have to get your ticket and you'll find out. The Catalyst Festival. So many of us went there. Thankfully, it didn't rain. And we were blessed enormously being part of something bigger. New Day. It's really quite distracting around here, isn't it? But there we go. (laughs) New Day. The youth had an amazing time together in the brand new church marquee, which you're all going to get to experience next time we go to Catalyst. The baptisms in June, personally, I'm slightly biased. I think that was one of the best moments of the year, (laughs) as two of the three people being baptised with my children. Influential men, our men's meetings. Thrive, our women's meetings. All sorts of things. Two weddings last year. The trips that David and others have done to Russia to support the churches out there. Town centre events we've been part of. 
the, the World Culture Day, the, the Love Hatfield at Christmas, our own Christmas events, the Christmas Cafe and the Family Christmas Service, singing carols in the town centre. There's so many things we've been doing last year, so many ways God has been working in us but, and through us. And then there's things like his ongoing financial provision to us as a church. The way that Sunday mornings, you know, we could just think of Sunday mornings as something we just do. But God comes in over and over again, blowing us away like he did this morning in our worship times, in the preaching, working in us. The sense of family amongst us. One of the highlights for me was the prayer walk in the town as well and seeing the fruit in our own lives but also in others that we've, we've been doing. God was with us in 2018. There's no doubt about that. God was at work changing us, moulding us, making us more like him, raising our, the profile of this church, increasing our influence in the area. And as we look forward into 2019, we can be confident God is with us and will be with us. You know, these banners on the stage here, they continue to be about who we are and what we want to be. The vision a bit of seeking his presence, building our community uh, and, and being their hope to those around us. Our culture traits of integrity, generosity, courage, honour, acceptance and forgiveness. We want more and more for that to be embedded amongst us and spilling out to all, that we inter- all the people we interact with. Our values of grace, worship, word, church and mission, they are still foundational for us. And our goals of being international, influential and integrated. All of that remains. But as we look forward into 2019 and I cast a vision, I want to take a slightly different approach from a classic vision context. I'm not going to be talking about projects and things we might want to get involved in. But actually, in many ways, I want to take us right back to our roots, right back to the beginning. Because in the beginning was God. And actually, 2019 is 2019 AD. AD meaning what? Anno Domini. What on earth does that mean? Well, a quick Latin lesson for you. I did Latin GCC. I can do this. I actually have a certificate saying I can speak Latin. Caecilius es pater, Matella es mater. Remember the first page of my Latin textbook. Just a little aside here. My, my nephew has started the same secondary school I went to, and he is doing Latin, and he's doing the same. It's brilliant. We can have this look. That, oh, yeah, I remember that too. Anyway, anno domini means in the year of our Lord. We are in the year of our Lord. This year is the year of our Lord. Actually, my name always helps me remember Dominic, because Dominic, same root. Dominic actually means belonging to the Lord. That's why my mum chose my name. Because right from the beginning, she says he belongs to God. Anno Domini, we are in the year of our Lord. And I just, I, the, 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 the impetus, the impact, the weight at which God just kept coming back to me when I was thinking about today and speaking that vision was the one verse in Psalm 46. We're going to read the whole psalm in a minute, but Psalm 46, verse 10. Many of you will know it. Be still and know I am God. Be still and know 
I am God. So this year, and I hope every year, I want us to have God as our vision. I want him to be our vision, to be still and know he is God. He was with us, he is with us, he will be with us. But we need to hold him as our all, our everything. He needs to be the one who fills our entirety, our all in all. Everything else we do needs to come from us beholding God. So we're going to spend a few minutes looking at what does it mean for God to be our vision? How can we make God our vision in 2019 and beyond? It is a personal message in many ways, but it also has implications for us as a church. He's calling us again to recenter, to refocus. God wants to be center stage in our lives all the time. Not just on a Sunday morning, not just when we're feeling particularly holy, but all the time. He wants us to have him center. So let's read Psalm 46. I'm reading from the NIV today. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. You almost don't need to go any more than that, do you? You could dwell on that for weeks. He is our refuge and strength. When we feel weary, when we feel weak, and how often do we do that? He is our strength. When we feel the world's caving in around us, he is our refuge. He's an ever-present help in trouble. Ever-present. There's not a minute where he's not there alongside us to help. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river (laughs) whose streams make glad the city of God. He's all over this morning, isn't he? the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. These are words of truth. They're words of strengthening and empowering, words of comfort. They're words that were written hundreds of years ago, that have been sung for generations and they're still true today. We could put KCC, we could put our own name in those places because God's word is true today as it was when it was first declared. He is with us. So how do we make God our vision this year? How do we do that? Well, we need to abide in him. We need to live for him and we need to go with him. So first of all, abide in him. 
Be still and know that I am God. We need to be before we do. We need to be before God before we start doing anything. Now, for me, that's a hard. I'm a doer. I like doing tasks. I like working my way through my to-do list. It's very satisfying. But God's calling me and us back to recenter. We need to be before we do. We need to remain. We need to dwell. We need to rest in his presence, to draw aside, as Jesus' example himself gave when he lived on this earth in human body. He drew aside to be with the Father. We need to be doing that to enjoy his presence, not just his presence. It's very easy to get caught on all the good things and yes, God, I love the, I love the way you've gifted me this, I love the house you've given me, the, the job you've given me. Yes, we can enjoy the gifts, the presence, but we need to enjoy his presence. We need to dwell and abide with him. You know, different, different ones of us will find different ways that we can engage in that way. But we need to find what works for us and we need to press into it. It might be through listening to worship songs or writing worship songs. It might be through reading your Bible. It might be through prayer. It might be going for walks in the country because, and looking at the skies at night because the heavens declare the glories of God. But we need to find different ways. I would suggest probably a mixture of lots of different ways. But we need to regularly, drawing aside, putting God first, making conscious decisions to put yourself in situations that you will encounter his presence. This week is a great way of doing that. Particularly Tuesday, the topic is seeking his presence. For any of these nights of prayer, put yourself around God's people. We can stir one another on when we're feeling a little bit like, oh, I don't know. Put yourself others and between us, we can encourage and spur each other on. That's what God's word says too, that we can do that. Do you know what? God wants to speak truth over each one of us. He wants to speak truth to you about who he is and who you are in him. Truths like he is the Alpha and the Omega. Truths like he is the everlasting Father. Truths like he is the creator of all things. Truths like he is ever-present. He's almighty. Truths like he is love. He wants to declare truths about who you are to you. That you're chosen, accepted, forgiven, significant, cherished, secure. He wants you to get hold of these truths. He wants them to become really embedded within you. He wants you to be amazed afresh. Stand in awe and wonder, as Dave was encouraging us earlier. But we can't do that unless we're drawing aside and making a conscious decision to listen, to abide in him. He wants you to get to know him better this year. He wants you to help you, to guide you, to equip and empower. And he does that from you drawing aside and abiding in him. We need to regularly take that time out to be with him. You know, there's so many distractions around us, aren't there? There's so many things that call on our time and our attention, even if we're not meaning them to, they can do. You know, how difficult is it to take a phone call when you're in a busy room with lots of chatter going on? To hear the person on the phone, you've got to step outside and listen to what's going on. Or if the TV's on in the room and you're trying to talk to someone, it's so difficult sometimes. Even if you're not wanting to watch it, it's there, isn't it? And you, you need to turn off the distractions 
turn off some of those notifications on your phone because it can set you off. And it might not be a bad thing, but we need to make sure that conscious decision, come back, abide in God. It takes practice. It's so against what we're used to, isn't it? There's so many things, visually and, 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 and audibly, so many things that grab us, so many things we have to do in life. And it takes practice. Now, I'm learning this more and more. I'm regularly, just this last week, I had another retreat day. I'm, I'm doing that because I know I've got to take time out. I've got to carve out the time. And it might not be that we all have a luxury of being able to take a whole day, but we can all take chunks of time out in different places. God's calling us in 2019 to linger that little bit longer in his presence. Give him that extra minute in the morning. Who of us can't manage just an extra minute? Just sit quietly before God. What would you say to me today, Lord? What would you have me do? Press that little bit further and see what he will do. You know, our minds are always impacted with what's around us. They're always taking things in. They're filled with what we see and hear. And there's lots of good stuff. There's lots of stuff that's not so good. And there's lots of stuff that's really quite bad. But it's all going in. And I guess most of us have a fairly limited capacity to what our brains can hold. I'm very aware my brain is quite limited and easily gets filled up. But if I'm not conscious in what I'm feeling, it'll get filled up. And as Ruth even mentioned, that, that verse from Philippians 4, the Bible says to, to fix your mind on things that are pure and noble and righteous and holy. Because otherwise your mind will fill up with other stuff. It will. What or who is filling your mind? What takes your time and energy? What takes your focus? Because God would say afresh to us this year, abide in me. Fill your mind with me and things of me. You know, there's that computer term, garbage in, garbage out. You know, if we allow our mind to be filled with rubbish, it will produce rubbish. And yet the opposite is true too. If we fill our mind with what is pure and holy and righteous and noble, it will produce good fruit. That's what the Bible makes really clear. Psalm 1.3 talks about someone who meditates on God's word being like a tree by a stream who bears fruit in season and whose leaves are never wither. Whatever they do prospers. How? Because it's someone who spends time before God, abides in him, draws on that water. Jesus talked about being the vine. Remember that passage in John 15? We've got it on the, here. Look. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you, bear, uh, you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, 
showing yourselves to be my disciples. What an amazing promise, but also a warning. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Now just to let you know, Jesus has no intention of not remaining in you. He lives in us. His Holy Spirit is in us. Are we remaining in him? Are we choosing to abide in him? Because if we do, we will bear much fruit. But we need to be before we do. It's essential we abide in God. George Muller really got this. George Muller was the guy who set up many orphanages in Bristol, five separate orphanage houses, sought to meet the needs of thousands of children in his lifetime, preached the word of God, saw many come to know Jesus, even into his 70s and 80s, was travelling around the world to places like Australia before planes, on boats, declaring God's goodness. He was a man who did things. He accomplished much. But he said he, his first and most important thing each day before he started anything else was to get happy in God, to draw aside, to read the word, to pray, to recenter before he did anything else. If you want to be someone who bears fruit this year, it starts with abiding in Christ. If we want to be a church that bears fruit, and I hope you're with me as we do, we need to abide in God. Being in God's presence, it changes us, it transforms us. You know, you think of Moses, how we'd go into the tent, the, the tent of meeting and he'd be in there conversing with God and he'd come out and there was something different. His face would be shining. People around would know this man has been in God's presence. Don't we want people out there to know we have been in God's presence? So we abide in him. Maybe our faces might literally shine. Who knows? But I know there will be fruit and people out there will know there is a God and he's alive. Isaiah 40, I came across it just yesterday again. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Those who hope or those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Abiding is a place where we can get strength as well. So abiding in God, remaining in him is so important. <coughs> Be still and know that I am God. Let's abide in him. Secondly, we're to live for God. Another part of making God our vision is to live for him. So interesting, that new song that Robin taught this morning talks about everything we do is for God's glory or should be for God's glory. That is the ultimate goal of all people is that we were made to glorify God in everything we do. Links back to that passage in John 15 we read as well. As we bear fruit by abiding in, in God, it brings the Father glory. <coughs> Living for him should be our motivation in all things, in all we do. And you might be sat there thinking, well, that's easy for you to say, Dom. You're a pastor. You work for the church. Of course, things you do should glorify God. But no, we're all called to glorify God in everything we do. Not just when we're worshipping on a Sunday morning. Not just when we're reading the Bible on our own. Not just when we're telling people about Jesus. Although those are all really important. But in everything we do, 
we can glorify God in the mundane, in the ordinary, in the way we're going about tasks around the home. We can glorify God. In our workplace, in the coffee shops, in the supermarkets, the way we interact with people can either bring glory to God or not. In the way we use our money, our time, our possessions, we can either glorify God or we, we don't. How do you view your work? Do you see it as something that is an opportunity to bring glory to God? Oh, it's something I've got to do, I've got to get through. Pay the bills. How do you think about the conversations you have with your neighbours? Well, it's just making polite conversation, isn't it? No, you could be glorifying God in the way you, you speak of them and speak to them. What do you do with the five-pound note that you find in your wallet you didn't know you had or behind the couch? You could glorify God. Everything we do, we have opportunities to glorify God. If you remember God is with us, and we are doing all things to bring him glory. It changes everything we do. But it also changes our attitudes with how we do them. You know, we might be someone who goes around doing lots of good things, but we might do it begrudgingly. But knowing we can do it for God's glory, it changes everything. Even the most boring tasks can be done to God's glory. Even paperwork can be done to God's glory. Filling in those spreadsheets, do it to God's glory. Creating a rotor, do it to God's glory. Cleaning the toilet. Why not? Let's do all things for God's glory. Be still and know I am God. God is with us. Emmanuel. God isn't just for Christmas. He's for life. To know Be still and know that I am God. What comes after that? It says, I will be exalted among the nations. It's great having Ruth with us today, isn't it? It's a reminder that it's to the nations. These flags, to the nations. I will be exalted. God is passionate about being exalted among the nations. He will be exalted in the earth. And you know what? We are caught up in that. When this psalm was written, we weren't even thought about by these people. At the time, God's chosen people were the Jewish nation, the Israelites. And yet we're now being caught up in that. What a privilege. Let's not waste it. We're called to live, to glorify God. We're now part of that. We've been grafted in. Our mouths, our actions, our lives can exalt God in all we do. Who or what? Are you living for? Does the way you talk about people, the way you handle money, what you watch on TV or the internet, what you post on social media, does that bring glory to God? Be still and know I am God. Let's live for Him. And finally, go with God. 
If we're to make God our vision, we should go with him, knowing he is right alongside us in everything we do. As it said at the beginning of Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. He's always with us. We can go about life knowing he is with us in all things. In our exploits for him, in our adventures as we step out to tell someone who doesn't yet know uh, know, uh, Jesus about who he is, to pray for our work colleague who's not fitting very well, to raise our kids in a way that honours God. As we do these different things, as we do adventures with him, we can know he is with us in it all. In our work, in our home. He's with us when we have big decisions to make and even when we have little decisions to make. He's there with us. When we face temptation, he's with us. In trials, in struggles, in pain, he's with us. In uncertainty, and how we're aware of that at the moment in this country, he is with us. In all things, he is with us. You know, sometimes we sing the song, God in my living. God in my living, God in my breathing, God in my working, God in my sleeping, God in my resting. In everything, he is there. And the Bible gives a range of different situations where God is present. Hebrews 13, 5, a, a verse that we love to say, and in fact, Sam said it earlier today, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And it is an incredible truth. But you know, the context is actually in money. So for those of us facing money worries, the beginning of this year, God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. It is a truth true for all of life, but it's particularly, he mentioned it in terms of money. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. If you feel brokenhearted this morning, if you feel crushed in spirit, the Bible says the Lord is close to you. Jesus said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. He said that just before he was taken up into heaven. He said it to reassure his disciples that he actually was always going to be with them and also with us. What was the context? The Great Commission. He just said, go into the world, make disciples, go about doing good things for me and I'll be with you. So in all these different situations, God says time and time again, I am with you. I am with you. We get it in Psalm 46, don't we? Ever-present help in trouble. We don't need to fear because God's here. God is within her. The Lord Almighty is with us. There's great comfort in knowing God is with us always. It's empowering. And yet it's so easy to forget, isn't it? It's so easy to forget. Things come up and we lose sight. We lose focus Our vision shifts from God being our all in all and it becomes other things. And we panic, we wobble, we stress, we give up. God wants us to be God-empowered, God-filled, God-centred, God-equipped, God-honouring people. Be still and know I am God. Now, we have our part to play. We need to, we need to make conscious decisions to regularly check in with God. 
Now, which better sums up your start to the morning? Good morning, Lord, or good Lord morning? We can make a decision right from the beginning of the day. God, I'm going to choose to focus on you. I want, to, I want to get happy in you and I want to start the day and I want to keep checking in with you. Those conscious decisions. Maybe that where, is where your phone could be useful. You could set notifications. 1pm, appointment with God. 3pm, another appointment with God. You could put it in there if it helps you. Why not? If you're a, if you're a, a diary-organised person like that, or even if you're a to-do list person, like I just said I am, put God on your to-do list. Not because you've got to do it, because it means, oh, reminds you, I need to need to think back to God again. Whatever helps you, put little things in place to make those conscious decisions to draw back. You know, it links back, going with, going with God links back to abiding with him. As I said, we've got to be before we do. But he's also in our doing. Builds up the reserves. By abiding in him, we build up the reserves in him, we build up the ability to, to make fruit, so then when we're out doing, we can, we can make the fruit. Having God as our vision has a huge impact on how we view sin as well. Why would we want to dabble with sin when we're engaging with the King of Kings, when he is our all, our all in all? Going back to last year's key verse, walk humbly with your God. Let's beware of longshore drift. You know longshore drift, the, the, the geographical process where sand gets taken along the beach because the, the waves are coming in at an angle and it, and it moves the sand along. And all of a sudden, that sand isn't where it was originally. It's shunted along and perhaps there's no, no beach left. Let's keep a check. Let's keep coming back to God. Let's keep that centre. Because otherwise, life can carry us along and we suddenly look back and realise we're not where we want to be at all. In 2019, let's keep centred. Let's keep coming back to God. Let God be our vision. How? Be still and know I am God. So in 2019, let's make God our vision. I wonder if the band could come up. We're going to finish with a song in a moment. God was with us in 2018. We have much to celebrate, lots to be thankful for. But God is and will be with us as we go into 2019. He has so much more for KCC. He has so much more for each one of us. But let's make him our vision. Let's abide in him, drawing aside, being with him whenever we get the opportunity, carving out time, safeguarding that time with God, individually and as, as a group, as a, as a people. Let's live for him, seeking to glorify him in everything we do, in our actions and our attitudes. And let's go with him, knowing he will be with us always, in all situations. While I was on my retreat the other day, I came across a brilliant prayer. And I'm going to invite you to say it with me as a way of saying, yeah, I want to make you my vision, Lord. It's a very old prayer. It was written in the 6th century. A.D., still A.D., see Anno Domini, still in the year of the Lord, because it's always the year of the Lord. By a guy called Benedict from Nursia. Can you have the next slide, please? This is his prayer, and we're going to say it together. If you want to make God your vision again, if you want to recenter and refocus, and I hope that's all of us, 
Let's say this together, and then we're going to stand, if you're able to, and we're going to sing, Be Thou My Vision, as a declaration. Yes, God, be my vision. So let's pray this prayer, and then we'll stand and sing, Be Thou My Vision. O gracious and heavenly Father, give us wisdom to perceive you, diligence to seek you, patience to wait for you, eyes to behold you, a heart to meditate upon you, and a life to proclaim you. Through the power of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.